You already know what it is. It's the self-medicated podcast. This is your host, The Wayfair. Here, as always, with the captain of the igloo. Let's go ahead and knock out this housekeeping for this episode. Uh, you already know what you should be doing. You should be following us on Instagram at the self-med pod. You should be listening and subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts to. Uh, that includes Apple Music, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, mm-hmm. Alexa, mm-hmm. Podbean, and now featuring the brand new clips page on YouTube for the self-medicated podcast. So you can now catch clips of the self-medicated podcast on video on YouTube right now. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Make sure you just go follow us everywhere because we got new content. We got new shit coming all the time. Um, yeah, and also make sure you go check out our over-the-counter episodes. Those come out on every Friday. Those are the episodes where we're engaging with our listeners, at least with the topics they bring up to us. Uh, but we can also engage you in the episode. So if you want to call in, uh, if you want to just add your voice or perspective to the episode, just let us know. Slide in the DMs. We can make you anonymous if need be. Um, and we won't record you live. We'll pre-record it. So if you have to change anything that you say, we can do that for you too. Absolutely. Don't incriminate yourself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, slide in the DMs and make sure you check out uh, the over-the-counter episodes that come out every single Friday. Um, and then last but not least, our organic shout-out for this week uh, is a special one. This week's organic shout-out goes to Amira Jazeera, at Amira Jazeera on Instagram. This is... The Arab Pop Princess. She's an artist, songwriter, producer. She's from Chicago. She's dope as fuck. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but her song and video, Citrus, okay. is lit. Amazing video. Amazing, um, amazing video. Amazing visuals. Amazing voice. Her shit is pretty, pretty dope. And we're going to try to get her on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, go check her out. Her, her music is lit. Her, uh, her voice is amazing and she's a producer too. So she makes beats and shit. So go check her out. Uh, make sure you let her know that the self-med pod sent you. Anything else to get into before we start the episode? Uh, I just want to add, uh, with your girl was watching her live and watching her make a beat. She reminded me for people that, um, might want to know what a a comparison artists are sound sounded like to me. She reminded me of uh, Maggie Rogers. Mm, mm. You know Maggie Rogers? I do. Okay, she reminded me of her. That's so. a really good comparison. So I like that. Along those lines, if you like that type of music, I would definitely recommend checking her stuff out. It's pretty dope. For sure. Shout out to Amir Jazeera. Um, all right, let's It's the Self-Medicated Podcast for Monday, November 23rd, and I am your host, The Wayfair, a.k.a. Quinn Quarantino, a.k.a. The Banter Boss, a.k.a. Jon Snow, because I know absolutely nothing. You know nothing, Jon Snow. And these are facts. Here, as always, with the captain of the igloo, young, popular, and friendly, a.k.a. The Box Hunter, (laughs) a.k.a. One Pop Poppy, a.k.a. The Bottom Feeder. How are you doing, sir? A.K.A. Black Kevin Sorbo. I'm just adding my own A.K.A.'s now. We gotta do it. We gotta do it. (laughs) A.K.A. The Black Kevin Sorbo. (laughs) Young Hercules. Young Hercules. Oh, we gotta add that too. God damn. Your A.K.A.'s is getting long as shit. you, bro. No, your A.K.A.'s have always been longer than mine. (laughs) 
aka but i'm doing good man um another another week of being corona free you know what i'm saying um weather was surprisingly decent the last few days Mm -hmm. so that was nice Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. thanksgiving just came fast as fuck out of nowhere so trying to figure out some of those plans since it's kind of limited and restricted as far as what you can do is um, size of your gathering So You fuck with Thanksgiving? I fuck with Thanksgiving food mm. But like the holiday In itself uh, I don't really care for But I enjoy like Spending time with family And having you know Some great home cooked meals um, I don't know if you saw this But I saw that uh, Cleo's Oh you yeah. Are you gonna be in town No I'm not Monday and Tuesday Oh they have it extended I th- Oh, oh no, yeah. no, 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 no. They got no, fried no, turkey no, 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 no. and dressing. Oh, relax, 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 relax. Meals. I literally just had the website open, and I was under the impression that it was only Thursday and Friday. Um, Monday and Tuesday. So uh, I saw that on uh, Instagram, so I'm definitely going to be hitting them. Oh, up. yeah, well, I'll be there, too. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Cleo's. We're probably going to have Cleo's uh, cater the wedding. Is it, is it official, or? It's pretty close. Okay. Cool. Um. Fucking love Cleo's, bro. I'm, they, I'm they basically be them. open most of the week. Yeah, for them, for them at least, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Shout out to Cleo's. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. This has been a very, very just a fucking interesting week, man. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it always is something. <laughs> it's always True. some shit, True. man. It's always some shit. So, um. You know, wedding planning is going as it's going. I think that, um, you know, the coronavirus shit ain't no joke. And it's, it's actually, yeah. it's, it's interesting to me because for a few different reasons, um, you know, trying to plan a wedding, which is a social gathering, right, <laughs> where people are required mm-hmm. to be around each other and then trying to figure out the uh, safety protocols for that is just a, is just very, very interesting to do. Um yeah. And then also trying to figure out what the restrictions are going to be, like trying to prognosticate <laughs> what is going to be going on. Five dollar words, okay. Yeah, <laughs> what's going to be going on later on, like in the summer of next year, is hard to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. but this actually brings me to the very first topic I want to talk about in terms of shaming people for being social in these times. Mm. Okay. So we have guidelines and restrictions for how to intermingle with people, right? Mm-hmm. But I also feel like there's a certain subs- uh, subsection of folks who are shaming people for doing anything, even if it's within those guidelines, right? So yeah. uh, I bring that up for example. I'm about to do some traveling this week, right? Yeah. And it was just very interesting to me to hear people... Like certain people uh, that know that I'm traveling, like almost try to shame me for traveling. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not doing anything illegal. I'm not going outside of the restrictions that have been provided for. I'm not right. doing. I'm not about to be wilding. Like I'm going to be social distancing, master on all of the you know all of the good shit. But it's just interesting to um, to hear people like kind of low key shame you for trying to be social within the restrictions that we have right now. Yeah. I, I just thought that was interest, interesting. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know if you know this about me, but I am actually pro-shaming. 
Oh yes, I know this about you. Okay, so <laughs> it's a no, and I am too. Shaming is a very effective tactic to change it's behavior. A very useful tool. Yes, I learned about like being pro shaming a few years ago because I went with my um, friend and his father to a Canadian birthday party for mm-hmm. an older woman. I didn't know, but I just thought it'd be an interesting experience. I like to experience other people's cultures, mm-hmm. right? So like, this lady was um, two hours late for her own birthday. <laughs> And everybody was like getting a little. Um, it was you could tell there was some unrest, and people were starting to get a little angry. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my friend's father because he's from Ghana. Oh, okay. And um, he was saying like, you know, when this happens, you have to chastise the person. You have to shame them for wasting people's times and coming this late. It's ridiculous. He's like, you know, it's expected that you're a little late, but when you're this late, this is when you get chastised and people talk to you. So when the lady came in, you could literally see people going up to her, talking to her, <laughs> and not looking like the happiest individuals. So right. that's when I kind of saw like the usefulness and the power of um, shame, shaming people for their behavior. Um, so I'm I'm glad people are shaming you because there aren't necessarily any rules in place, but there are like guidelines, and the guidelines are set for people to help reduce the spread. So I don't think. I understand, like, people wanting to travel because I have a few friends that are wanting to travel. But at the same time, I don't know. It's, it's odd. I don't, I can't, I don't feel the need to shame people for traveling as long as they're being safe. Mm-hmm. But I do feel the need to shame people for, like, just doing wild shit as far as, like, having 30 people in one party and nobody's right. wearing masks. Right. and you know, running around doing shit like that. That's more where I was shame as far as the Corona COVID shit. But the traveling, I don't necessarily see it much of it. Oh man. Yeah. I got to get you guys some N95 masks because if I have you're, a couple. If you're, okay. You're good. If you're on the airplane, I'm regular ass masking. I'll do shit for you with that circulating air. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, okay. I'm always down to take more, but I think we have <laughs> a couple. My thing <laughs> is, uh, yeah, that I 100% actually agree with your point. One, like shaming works people should be shamed for things that are shameful right like mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that that works what i think i'm speaking of is even like for people who go out to restaurants right now like they're getting shamed it's like why the fuck are you going outside type shit really? you know what i mean yeah that's, that's a little different i'm like trying to stimulate my economy and help my favorite restaurant stay open exactly that me personally i love to eat I have, especially since we've lived in Uptown over the last couple of years, I have my, like, favorite food spots that are, like, really close now. Been been to Lucy's yet? Yes, I have been to Lucy's. I'll fuck with them. You do? Their burger is trash. Or, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My mistake. Their burger is good. Their chicken sandwich is trash. I didn't try that. Yeah. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Burger Um, was decent. Yeah, the burger was decent. Uh, Yeah, I fucked with Lucy's. Right there on, what's that, Wilson and Broadway. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, right by the crib. Uh, take that part out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what the fuck was I talking about? Yeah. So yeah. So the social shaming thing. So even people who are doing anything social within guidelines are getting shamed. Mm. And um, to me, it's starting to become a little political, kind of like masks were at the beginning of this, right? Like. Word. Nigga, they still are. <laughs> a, a, a little less so. You're right. They still are. A little less so, though. They're not as controversial. Joe Biden just got were. roasted for the, at the debates for wearing a mask. That's true. That is <laughs> and true. That nigga had Corona. And he <laughs> had motherfucking Corona. He... <laughs> 
Yeah, that's kind of wild. <laughs> now that we think about it. But yeah, what do you think about people who like are talking shit about people who have a, a gathering of six people? Mm-hmm. Well within the restrictions here in Chicago of being mm-hmm. under 10, for example. All right. So like if I was, we're going to Top Golf, right? Mm-hmm. And Top Golf. yeah. Matter of fact, if you want to come tomorrow, let me you know. You go in tomorrow? Yeah. What time? 3.30. Mm. Okay. Um, Schomburg? Yep. Okay. So we're we're going to we're going to Top Golf, and they have uh, for each bay there's a restriction of six people. Okay. Right, but you can reserve multiple bays. You can have them side by side, whatever. Right. right. But um, there are people who will shame you for going to Top Golf and being in a socially distanced social event. Is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. It's the uh, I guess it's being. What's being shamed is the behavior overall of socializing, not anything other than that. I think it's what I'm talking about, right? Okay. So, um, and the funniest thing to me is those are the same people that are also saying, listen to the doctors Mm. and the scientists. So if the doctors and scientists are saying, hey, all you need to do is wash your motherfucking hands, wear a mask, socially distance, don't be all up on top of each other, you know what I'm saying? Do those things and we good. But those same people who are like championing them are also shaming anybody for doing anything. I just find that very, very interesting, hypocritical, but interesting yeah. in typical human behavior fashion. I agree. Like the the shame should become should be coming based on um, the protective measures you're doing as far as washing your hands and wearing masks mm-hmm. and um, the amount of people in gatherings. Not necessarily for enjoying life right i know as americans we are <laughs> we feel like we are entitled to enjoy our lives and go out and do whatever the fuck we want to do so i get that to a certain degree but you can't really police us because we have too much freedom in that way i mean it's america bro yeah so we're not gonna do that <laughs> you, so can't, you can't tell americans what the to best do. you can do and what you should be shaming for is how people are like handling the cleanliness of themselves and the uh, PRE stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna still go out and do shit, but yeah. But do it responsibly. <laughs> I guess that's the only yeah, thing. And yeah. also, I guess for me, this little this little adventure that we about to go on is kind of a uh, um, experiment, so mm-hmm. to speak, just to kind of see what's up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, um, and, and honestly, this is also kind of serving some research purposes for the wedding too, because we're gonna have people traveling, mm. right? And so it's kind of like it's just trying to give y'all any excuse. Yeah, I, I I gotta I gotta get the information and bring it back to the people. You know what I'm saying? I'm so, going to a hot spot for <laughs> experimental I didn't research. Say shit reasons. about a hot spot. I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. So <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so no, I I just thought that was very, very interesting. The social shaming aspect yeah. of this is like when they start slowly opening up or expanding the restrictions or guidelines, are people still going to be like, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't do that. I, I don't yeah. know. It's just an interesting thing I'm, that I'm monitoring. I think it's just, uh, yeah. intriguing in my eyes. Um, but let's get to the shits, man. We already know what everybody wants us to talk about. It's the Gucci versus Jeezy Gucci. versus. Yeah, we're going to get right into it. Um, so you, oh fuck, we you still haven't seen the last fifteen minutes. I don't know. This is mm-hmm. gonna be a weird conversation to have. Uh, you can spoil it. Anyway. Um, 
So how uh, I want to hear your thoughts on uh, the on the verses. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to hear your thoughts first. I thought it was two winners. Um, I feel like from the basic essential part of why they gathered there, as far as the uh, the verses, Jeezy won by a landslide. It wasn't even close, right? But I feel like most people kind of knew that going in because he's just the more um, popular art as far as like hits and street records. Um, and <laughs> he won on that sense, but I feel like Jeezy won. I'm sorry. I feel like Gucci won the night for the streets because he did not come to necessarily do a versus. He came to embarrass and um, show up Jeezy, which we saw from the very start of how he played a diss song. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it wasn't even, <laughs> he didn't come in cordial or, you know, it wasn't no fake friendliness, which I appreciated, you know. You could tell that there was still some um, underlying tension there. It wasn't necessarily all, like, dapped up and, you know, this is over. Because I was just kind of thinking about the situation. Who should be mad at who in this situation? Mm. I think that Jeezy should be mad because, yes, Jeezy had his friends rob Gucci, but I don't think they're going to kill him. I think they're just going to rob him mm. based on the lyrics of the Gucci, uh, the Jeezy song where he kind of said uh, 10 stacks for uh, for uh, his chain, right? which is also why Gucci man said this is his outfit, $10,000 $10, outfit, yeah, in case y'all didn't know. So, um... I lost my train of thought. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Gucci Man wanted for me for the streets because he came to, like, show he wasn't going to be fake, and he just kind of proved that he is still the demon Gucci, which I appreciated. Like, I, I thought Gucci was a changed man 100%, but you can still see based on what happened um, Thursday night that the old Gucci is still in there. Yeah. It's definitely not a clone. Not at all. <laughs> uh, what was your uh, take? Oh, boy. So this one was, I've said this uh, in my Dante Nero voice. I've said this a million times before, but this was the best verses uh, that I've seen. And it had a lot to do with almost every aspect imaginable. The mm-hmm. entertainment value, the songs, the history, the, the antics, the memes, all it, it was the total package. Yeah. Um, so so there's that. I also agree with you. There are two different winners. And um, as someone who actually spent a little bit of time in Atlanta, I feel like I have an interesting perspective mm-hmm. on the two winners. Okay. And it's actually kind of personal for me, too, also. And I'll get into that for oh, a second. Damn, he was one of the niggas try to rob Gucci. <laughs> I tried. No. <laughs> um, so it, uh, a couple of things. So the first thing is this was longer than 20 songs each. Was it? Yeah. Because I started scoring. I tried to, but I got lost somewhere in the middle. Nah, I got lost after round 20. Okay. So I, I scored the first 20 rounds and then they played one, two, three, four. They played five other songs. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started getting lost because I didn't know what who was going first or, or whatever. Yeah. Also, to start um, 
at, in the middle when they were supposed to switch. Uh, who goes yeah, first? That's where I lost count. Yeah. So 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 uh, Jeezy went second in the first round. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to go first, first. in the second yeah. round, and that did not happen. Yeah, they never switched. They never switched. Yeah, that's why I was kind of confused. So I ended up getting a little confused, and I wonder if that affected my scoring a little bit. Mm. Um, but from all of the songs that I could count, so the first 20 plus whatever extra songs they were playing afterward, I had a count of 13 to 10 with three ties. Jeezy really? winning, yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, so I believe that the winner of this little song celebration battle was Jeezy. I think that he played more better songs mm-hmm. overall. The, the winner of the streets is definitely Gucci. And I think Gucci won before he ever even played a song. <laughs> I think the fact that Gucci agreed to do this versus meant that he won the streets. Um, break that down for me. Yeah, I, it's it's a little bit hard to break down because just everybody just doesn't know the history. But the bottom line is, um, uh, Jeezy solicited the chain of Gucci Man at one point. Mm-hmm. Gucci Mane, I'm sorry for the mispronunciation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that resulted in. Uh, a, a, a confrontation that resulted in the loss of someone's life. Yes. And um, I think that, so, 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 so there's that, that's the end of chapter one. Chapter two is kind of the redemption story, right? So for Gucci to have beat that case, mm-hmm. did his time in jail Came out and glowed up the way that he has, right? Okay. Got a better shape. Um, you know, his relationship is such a is such a huge thing. The fact that he's still very relevant and in, uh, in terms of music and the music scene in Atlanta, right? right? And then um, the third part, chapter three, or, the, or or part three of this is the fact that uh, you get to it's a kind of a redemption story to confront the person that put all of your success and everything at risk, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So on Gucci's side, I feel like him just even agreeing to do the verses in the first place meant that he won the streets, given all of that history. Let alone his behavior in the actual verses. <laughs> uh, Gucci won the internet because he trolled before, during, and after <laughs> the verses. <laughs> Was it trolling or was it like, I feel like it's different when it's real life. Yeah. And that's because yeah, he, he right. wasn't doing it. He wasn't like, trolling. He was, he was dead ass motherfucking right. serious. serious the whole motherfucking time. <laughs> like everything that he said, he meant mm-hmm. and all of that. And I, I, that's another credit to Gucci. I think for him to feel like, yo, I got beef with you. Like, this was a fucked up situation. I don't like none of this. Mm-hmm. But my main focus is the fact that I'm still here and I'm still successful. And I think that's very important to note here because I don't think I think Gucci is he's a he's a petty ass nigga. Right. Like yeah. he, he he just petty and all of that. But I think what the mature Gucci is celebrating is the fact that he's still here. Right. I saw it differently. 
I, I feel like, me personally, I feel like the way that he's celebrating is, yeah, he's going to acknowledge the truth. He's going to say everything that he feels and all of that. But his point in all of that is a celebration of the fact that he's still here. I think that Jeezy, on the other hand, is another success story of coming from out the streets and now having, it's more of a Jay-Z type mm-hmm. story, trajectory, I should say. Of uh, you know being involved in the streets, dealing with the street shit, and then becoming uh, pivot into business and pivoting into the corporate business world, yeah. and, and doing that successfully, right? Um, and so for me personally, this is why I was saying it was personal. This this verses was personal for me, is because I feel like these two niggas and who they are today represent me yeah. <laughs> and the internal struggles that I have on like a day to day basis at work, for example. Right. Like half of me is Gucci and I just want to be petty. And like there's certain shit that like I want to stand in the truth. And like no matter what that means for anybody else, I want to own that truth. Right. But then another part of me is also kind of the uh, the the mature businessman Jeezy, where it's like, you know what? All of that shit is what it is. But I also have a certain path of shit that I'm trying to move towards now and i also need to understand how to position that and this growth and how to tell this story of maturity and all of that um and again like i said i think gucci is just happy to be alive and 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 happy to be you know what i'm saying still thriving in spite of all of the shit that he's gone through having threats on his life going through jail and the murder case and all of that and jeezy is kind of matured and turned the leaf into his whole entire perspective on the world yeah. type shit so that 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 was the that was the really cool thing for me that was highlighted here um that i don't necessarily know if a lot of people caught because they were caught up in the kind of histrionics and the beef mm. and all and all of that shit that's a word <clears throat> um yeah histrionics histrionics yeah okay. well, that's new to, thank you that's two words today <laughs> doubled up yeah i'm gonna be smart motherfucker <laughs> uh I guess I saw it a little bit differently as far as why Gucci participated. Because mm. um, about a month ago, Gucci Man was a uh, Gucci Man. Gucci Man. <laughs> <laughs> Gucci Man was on the Burr. internet and he said that in order for him to do a versus, they would have to bring him the bag. Mm-hmm. Right? So to me, right there, that showed me the motivation of why he would do a versus. And like, I don't think they directly pay the artists for versus how they market it to the artists to do it is that your streaming revenue will increase and it's always good to drop a project at this time, right? So I think originally why the Jeezy and T.I. one was happening because they both had albums. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think Gucci Man per se had an album because he just released that uh, So Icy. Um, the new Brick Squad, the yeah, 1017 joint, the exactly. compilation album of his of his his, his label. Exactly. Yeah. So now I think he realized when they broke down the money play to him, he realized that he should just, he thought, he tried to figure out how he can release something. So he released his old music, but as like a compilation, you yeah. know, greatest hits, whatever. <clears throat> so that was the money play for him. I think he really only did it for the money, which is why he didn't really take it serious as um like as, as a competition mm. I thought he was like well I can make some money and I can also make this nigga look like a bitch <laughs> I think you know, that was his motivation 
That's very, very interesting. I think I just have a very different perspective just being in Atlanta and just mm-hmm. talking to people from Atlanta. Is is it's it's also kind of a cultural war here too. Mm. These two people represent two different things. Gucci okay. is literally from the streets of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Gucci in Atlanta is a motherfucking god. You can't tell nobody in Atlanta <laughs> shit about Gucci. I don't give a fuck. You just can't, right? right? Jeezy is widely respected and loved in Atlanta as well, mm-hmm. but it's just different. Okay, I it's see that. just different. Like, um, so it's funny because I used to work at uh, a, a, a hotel doing valet in Atlanta, and I actually got to drive Jeezy's blue Lambo because he pulled up to go to the rooftop bar that I was working at. Mm. Uh, you know, tip well. All that good shit. Told Pause. me I could joyride the shit if I wanted to. Pause. Whoa, bro. <laughs> he tipped well and he told you you could joyride the shit if you wanted to. Pause. Hey, yo. Pause. Button <laughs> yeah. was getting dusty. But, but <laughs> that's hilarious. But yeah, so like I, I, I've interacted with both of these gentlemen in my time in Atlanta. Okay. So like there's that. But I also, more importantly, have had conversations with real actual people born and raised in Atlanta. So my, my perception of these folks is, is very Atlanta tailored based on mm. folks who grew up in Atlanta with gotcha. these two people. And the perception in Atlanta is that Gucci is literally Atlanta. He is, he's an Atlanta nigga. He's like when you think an of actual Atlanta nigga. And on top of that, his whole career has been putting niggas from Atlanta on. So he's re- really responsible for exactly. a lot of the yeah. most popular acts coming out of Atlanta yeah. as well, right? So his his cred in terms of street cred, homegrown fan base, and all of that, you can't tell nobody in Atlanta shit about Gucci Man. Mm. Uh, period, <laughs> right? Like period. Jeezy represents an era. Jeezy mm-hmm. represents BMF. Mm. Jeezy represents that. He doesn't represent a neighborhood. He don't represent a city. It's like lifestyle. Exactly. Jeezy is more representative of a way of life. He don't mm. speak to any particular um, like neighborhood, locale that of make, people. That makes a lot of sense. Right? He was probably more popular in um, international as far as artists. Exactly. And then, so so that's the distinction of who these artists were and uh, who these artists were from the, from the jump. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really cool in the conflict that I was talking about is who they are now. Because from that, from those roots, Jeezy has grown into the businessman, the corporate man. Let me be a part of Def Jam. Let me own some real estate. Let me be a philanthropist. Get a wife on the fucking view. <laughs> exactly. Let me go yeah. sit down and talk to Biden and all of this shit. Yeah. Gucci is a nigga who James had an St. attempt. Patrick. Yeah, right, right. They was calling, calling Jeezy James St. Patrick. That was a funny ass me. Gucci, on the other hand, is literally just a street nigga who somehow is almost 40 and still alive. Like, that is his celebration. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah, a difference here. Yeah, and I yeah. think that for niggas, like, nigga niggas, and especially the type of niggas from Atlanta that, like, are invested in this shit because it's their mm-hmm. city, they're going to ride with Gucci because of that simple fact. Mm-hmm. Is that Gucci did some shit it's that... the people. Exactly. Gucci did some shit 
the the what Gucci represents is personal survival and putting other people on. Mm-hmm. What Jeezy represents is making it out. Yeah. That though so that's literally <laughs> it's so wild to me, but that's literally my personal internal conflict. Is like being in the place that I'm like literally physically being in the place that I want to help out and make a change in versus representing what that change could be. Yeah, <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. That is why I think that this this to me was my favorite verses because mm-hmm. of what it represented. Fuck the playlist. I don't even remember all of the songs, to be honest yeah. with you. Like that wasn't that important. But what it represented for these two gentlemen to be in the same room together, to even have dialogue, like you're the one who lent me uh Gucci's book. And mm-hmm. so I was able to read about this shit too. And all that. It's on yeah. my bookshelf. It's actually underneath Andre Iguodala's book right now. Because I that shit. Yeah, I have to. You said burn it? Burn it. Oh, yeah, Andre I forgot. Iguodala. I forgot. You're not an Iggy fan. Dumbass book. Maybe you should read his book. Stupid you might ass ball spot on the top of his fucking head. <laughs> he might have one of the worst balding jobs in the NBA you for sure. Hit, Kevin it's Durant weird. was up there. LeBron is up there, but no, Kevin KD Durant got, is just nappy headed. You all. saw what he did though. He got like like little twists in his shits now. Uh, he actually twist. did some with his hair. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's better than them fucking BDBs <laughs> that he had. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, Isaac hair, Isaac Hayes, chest <laughs> hair on his head, <laughs> taco meat. <laughs> Um, so yeah, man, that, that, that was, that's my kind of personal, um, okay. connection to this versus overall though. I think Jeezy won the playlist battle. I think Gucci won, uh, the culture. He won the internet. He mm-hmm. won all of that. What I would love is I need for these two to have a follow up conversation because mm-hmm. what was that's never resolved happen. is where do these people actually stand in this beef? Uh, so I, I think that who's. Who belongs? Who owns so icy? So oh damn, that's, <laughs> that's another good question. I know the answer to that. It's probably coach. Yeah, <laughs> QC like, or coach owns that exactly. You know, paid, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so to me, I feel like um, I don't know, man. The 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 Gucci versus Jeezy thing just represents so much different shit. There's a lot of dynamics here at play. But what I would love to see is for these two gentlemen to have a conversation after this because nothing was resolved in this versus. Traditionally, the versus has been a place for celebration and to come together. Mm. And uh, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to wait until you saw the end was because So Icy was what they mutually agreed to end the show with, right? Mm -hmm. And there were some moments before... During and after that So Icy song that added some question marks as to where these two gentlemen actually stand with each other. Just there was... Well, because because that was the end, I guess, is why I'm saying. like, Because usually it might be beef throughout the whole verses, and then at the end, something is resolved. Or so like you get a feeling at the end, it's right? It's like a TV show where like you don't quite sure know if there's going to be a sequel or exactly. if it's finished or what happens. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly gotcha. how I felt when this ended because gotcha. the, the way that it ended is they both performed so icy together. That was the last song. That's the uh, song that they're both featured on together. Um, there was a moment. I don't know. I can't even remember if it was before or after so icy where there was dialogue between the two of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And Jeezy started talking about, you know, Hey, it's been 30 years. 
Gucci cut him off. No, nah, nigga, it's been 15. <laughs> like, it, and it was just tension there. Okay. And they were going back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and then it somehow, I don't know how this shit happened, but somehow that moment ended in getting right back into the music. Going right back to the playlist, right? Like, them niggas didn't actually go back. If They went back and forth for a hot second. There was tension. It was clearly, nigga, hey, wait. Nigga, let me talk. Yeah, kept talking you know what I'm saying? Yeah, there was yeah. that. But then the conclusion was we continued to play the music, <laughs> right? And I feel like the battle ended in the same way. The battle ended with some some tension in their interactions. Yeah. But at the end of it, Gucci goes, hey, yo, it's all love. No disrespect. We about to go to compound right now together. So it was like at the end of it, I was like, wait, nigga, what the fuck? <laughs> like it was it was it was like a um, it was kind of what you described. It was like a series. It was like that was season one. I want to know what the fuck happened at Compound. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to like, be continued. Exactly. I don't know. Did these niggas speak to each other at the club? Did they yeah. talk to each other between times? All indications in my mind is they may have had one conversation about what songs to play and not play before the verses. That might have been the extent I mean, of what they talked about. They mentioned that because it was like when we talked on the phone. Exactly. He was like, you said I could play the truth. Exactly. So, yeah, man, it... it I think this is to be continued, honestly. Mm. This verse is to be continued. What if There's these more to come. dropped a mixtape. That should be crazy. You know what's fucked up? I don't want to hear it. I do. But uh, <laughs> one, of, one of the things I, um, while listening to this, I realized, um, I'm curious to get your opinion on this, is that, of course, their music sounds differently, right? I feel like. Because Jeezy did a lot of work exclusively with Zaytoven, a lot of his kind of music sounds the same, and it sounds like kind of um, like the production wise, it sounds kind of like church piano keys, mm-hmm. Casio kids toy piano sounds. It's like kind of tinny and thin. And I listen to Jeezy's music, it sounds much more rich and fuller. Mm-hmm. And like when I was listening to some of the Jeezy songs, I was like, I think Jeezy might have a top 10 like rap ear as far as like picking songs for beats, beat wise. And I was like, I never really thought about that until I started kind of getting better appreciation during his verses when it was juxtaposed to Jeezy's um, production um, choices for his music. <laughs> wow, this is actually really interesting because uh, Jeezy just got a Def Jam deal as an executive, right? Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I'll pose this question to you: Who do you think has a better ear, Gucci or Jeezy? Jeezy, and I would I would laugh at you mm-hmm. for that opinion because Gucci is 15 years in the game of being relevant for music mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah. Jeezy's music still sounds like it's 15 years old. Right. So like the ability to be flexible, to update with the times. I think there's a lot of people that might argue that Gucci is better than that. And Jeezy just may have just locked into his sound and not updated and upgraded with the time. Uh, Mm, I would argue that um, Jeezy's older music sounds better and more relevant than Gucci's older music. Because like what? When you go back to Jesus' very early catalog and 
uh, Gucci's very early catalog, it doesn't sound that good, especially because of the production quality and the engineering of the song. So, like, when you listen to it, it sounds good for what it was at the time, but, like, when you listen to music now, it doesn't sound as good, where I think Jeezy's music still sounds as good. So, like I said, it's, like, it's fuller and richer because you have to think of the producers he was working with. And, like, <clears throat> you got the DJ Tombs, the Shorty Reds, and those type of guys. And um, Thank you for the feedback. Absolutely. You're welcome, Siri. <laughs> so, uh... I, I just feel like Jeezy has a richer, fuller sound, and he's like based off his um, current album as well. Still, still has that. So like when I think of beat people picking beats, Gucci is nowhere. I don't think he's in my top twenty, but my top ten is confusing to most people. So I think it's different, man. I think it's Jeezy. Uh, I I I'll agree with you. Influence you. Yeah, no, I agree with you. If we're talking about themselves. Right. Okay. So if you're talking about Jeezy um, building and creating Jeezy, if you're talking about Gucci building and creating Gucci, mm-hmm. but I think their influence on the music industry overall is just a different argument because you're yeah. right. Like Jeezy consistency, same sound, elevated producers, uh, the production of his shit sounds better. But at the same time, Gucci has been groundbreaking in putting people on and exposing that's, their, like, more, and, and cultivating art. That's more so like, for rappers cult- and producers, though. Yeah, Cause like, I guess. Like, if you think about as far as producers associated with Gucci, it's really just Zaytoven. Just Zaytoven. But and his Zaytoven acts- doesn't have a much of a pill outside of Gucci. Like, nobody, he wasn't heavily, he's not heavily involved in a lot of projects now. He, you know, like, his legacy is with Gucci. It's not really with outside artists. He did an album with Usher. Nobody really listened to that shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, no, I give Gucci 100% credit for, like, credit. <laughs> credit for, um, as far as rap and other artists, well, I think Gucci gets the, uh, Jeezy gets the edge on the product, production aspect alone. So I think literally we're highlighting highlighting what I was talking about earlier is there's two wins. Yeah. Because certain people give a fuck more about who did you put on, how are you still relevant? Mm-hmm. Other people put more um more credence on your classic sound, the staple, mm-hmm. the the kind of peg or stake you put into the ground overall. So so that that's that's the both they're both winners. So they're literally both winners. I guess the way I see it in my mind is, uh, Gucci would be much better as an executive because he can identify talent. I don't know about the talent he identified on his last like new ten seventeen album. I don't Did know you listen them. to it? Yeah, uh, I think th- what the girls were better as far as um, talent on the album. I think that was on purpose. <laughs> I can see that he's getting into that lane, yep. and um, I think Gucci, uh, Jeezy would be better as executive producer of a record. So we have just uncovered what I think is another layer of beef that I don't think is talked about. Jeezy just got a Def Jam executive deal. Mm. Nobody is talking you, to Gucci about that shit. But you said Gucci just did that. No, that was uh, okay. If Gucci's I said, at Atlantic, so yeah. yeah. If I said that, that was a mistake because okay. Jeezy just literally became an executive at Def Jam, mm. which is. Again, emblematic of his journey, 
right? Uh, but Jay-Z. yeah, exactly. Literally, <laughs> exactly. The sounds Jay Z, but then Gucci, some would argue, is kind of low key more deserving of that title. I agree with that at Def Jam. So like that, I think contributes to the yeah. beef and kind of the, yeah. uh, the you know. The whole situation, I think that that to me is super duper interesting. But then, so then there's another element. Dude. We could go into the memes, right? Like people were saying, there was a moment where uh, Gucci goes, "Yo, I got ten thousand dollars on me right now. I, this outfit is worth ten thousand dollars. My jewelry is worth five mil. Fuck, and look at my opponent. Look at this nigga. I was, I'm glad With you a, said that. That was my favorite quote of the night. Yeah, look at my opponent. <laughs> look at my opponent. Look at my opponent. <laughs> This nigga had a fucking look at my opponent. <laughs> this nigga had a fucking bandana and a jersey on, right? Like that, was that was very his. dressed for when his music was killing the streets. Exactly. He pulled that out the closet and knocked the dust off that shit. Um, to me, but that again, that's another kind of um, emblem of how they feel about each other. Like mm-hmm. Gucci again. Like I'm trying to like what I the sentiment that I've been trying to. Um, express to people and i'm explaining how gucci won it's the fact of what he's been through and where he is today mm-hmm. and just like the f- just the facts of it not how he behaves not what he say none none of that it's the mm-hmm. it's just the facts of it with jeezy it's more of a compliment to his maturity and growth as a human being and yeah. i feel like for for me at least that is a beautiful contradiction because that's two things that I'm literally going through right now. I'm trying to be mature and better, but I'm also still at the end of the day, I'm still a nigga, bro. I'm still going to be petty as fuck. Like I still have those urges and, and any opportunity yeah. I get to do that safely, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I love this versus because it felt like it was like two sides of me, right? Like it was my own personal. Exactly. Yeah. I was trying to, take the conversation somewhere else but we could not i was just curious um who are some of your favorite rappers that as far as like picking beats what do you think is up there for you picking beats yeah what do you think uh, have good ears for production hmm i would uh give you some time to think i would i'm gonna throw out my top what i got like a top four i would say my number one, which I think surprises a lot of people, but I don't think a lot of people listen to his catalog, is uh, Fat Joe. I don't fight you on that at all, yeah, actually. Because, yeah, you got to listen to Fat Joe albums. <laughs> yep. But uh, uh, I, I, th- I think Pusha T is up there because he doesn't pick, like, the – Songs that I think most people would pick. I think he goes for a little bit of obscure sounding, mm. out of offbeat a little bit, out of certain pocket type of production, and he's able to rap over him really well. Um, I think Jay Z, of course, that's pretty obvious, and I think um, Rick Ross is probably the one A, one B, because he just his ear is immaculate. Jeezy's somewhere in that lower time for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm not mad at any of the people that you picked. Some other names I would just throw into the mix. I would probably say Currency. Mm. Um, Especially Currency, like, post-2009. Okay. Um, have a good ear. Yeah, I would say he has a really good ear. I would say... If his ear for raps were better, that would be amazing. His beat selection is immaculate. He's a great... Like, he's the yeah. type of person that could compile... 
instrumental albums. You know what I'm saying? Like he could do, he could score shit. He needs that, that job sense. at fucking Adult Swim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, that would be so perfect. That would be so perfect. Uh, so yeah, big shout out to Currency. Right. I would say, uh, to be honest with you, Freddie Gibbs mm. picks amazing beats. He like he literally makes his job easier. Jeezy's not gonna like to hear that one. No, <laughs> but but if you think about Freddie Gibbs though, mm-hmm. is it, the beats that he decides to pick, like to rap on mm-hmm. uh, amplifies his rapping ability, and I think besides currency, he might be the best at that. Like mm-hmm. uh, supplementing his rhymes with the beat, he might be the best. He's definitely one of the better rappers at picking a producer and doing albums with him. Yeah, I'll give him that. He's been killing that the last few years. Um, and then outside of that, like outside of that, we start getting a little tricky because we start dealing with uh, rapper's and producers. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, a Pharrell I, for in me. In my conversation, I wouldn't include producers that rap because then you have J. Cole's, Pharrell's, Big Crit. Exactly missing like mm-hmm. I was about to missing, you know what I'm yeah. saying like those those exactly. those folks so if we're gonna exclude them and just talk about like rapper no Kanye none of that can't we can't do that um, be, Kanye would be number one literally <laughs> easily um, I would say Drake in a weird way mm. I don't I personally don't like all of the beats that he does but his diversity of music that's true and the quality of it I gotta put him on that list. Okay. Um, he would be a good executive once he retires. Drake? Yeah. Yeah. He'd be international with his music. Taste. For sure. <laughs> and then the one last person I would put on this list is Lil Wayne. And the reason I would put Lil Wayne on this list is because uh, I think I just think that Lil Wayne just makes so much music that he yeah. has the ability to know and the knowledge to understand what hits in so many different genres and ways, if that makes sense. So, like, he can, I think that he can hone in on a sound Mm -hmm. and figure out how to create a whole movement behind that sound, right? So, like, the unique thing about Wayne is, for me, I think that his ability to select beats and all of that shit, like, to compile projects, like, the, the, um, the composer element. Yeah. Is so it, it's kind of similar to Drake, where he can pull from so many different places, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. <clears throat> because I, I, think I about can, Wayne. Wayne, Wayne has the Wayne. Think about his mixtape series. He has a whole mixtape series dedicated to rapping over other niggas' beats. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> right? why I, that's what I would kind of push at. I feel like half or more than half his catalog couldn't, for me in this conversation, couldn't be considered. Because very early on, I feel like Manny Fresh was doing the job of picking beats for him. And the other part is mixtapes, where he's rapping over other people's beats that are already popular. So I don't know if I can include those, but I see what you're saying, um, especially latter in the latter part of his career. Mm-hmm. But the earlier, maybe first 10 years, because this nigga been rapping for... Damn it, Almost years. thirty. <laughs> so that like, shit is crazy. I, I, I get. I, I see what you're saying, though. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So there's that. You want to get into this NBA free agency? This shit is going crazy. You want to talk about? Do you think the draft influenced any any other free agency? Um, I do. I do think that Lamelo Ball being drafted by the Hornets influenced that Gordon Hayward trade. 
You think so? Yes, I do. Okay. Gordon Hayward was not going to Charlotte if it wasn't for Lamelo. Do you know that when he was on the Jazz, he was going to go to Charlotte until the Jazz matched? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I thought that the Celtics would have extended him too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they would have tried to, I think, fight a little bit more to keep Gordon Hayward. Mm. Because if you think about it, they could and should have traded him last year coming off the injury. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have any value. Exactly. Yeah. He didn't. Now he got a little bit more value. Uh, and also Gordon Hayward is coming off that injury. The, the the first year that you're back and play the whole year after an injury like that is kind of a wash. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to get back. But that's mm-hmm. done now for Gordon Hayward. Right, like yeah, this he next year. Balling. Exactly. He's gonna be he gonna be balling. Hey man, LaMelo about to have a green light. <laughs> These niggas are gonna be shooting it's from Charlie, half. They yeah. it's gonna be young niggas are gonna compare them to Stephen Clay mm-hmm. in terms of the mm-hmm. best backcourt. That's what's about to happen. That's gonna be I never thought about that. I think that young niggas, niggas that graduated in like twenty sixteen <laughs> are gonna be talking about that. Like that's gonna be that's their funny. their conversations. Okay. Um, other big news, NBA free agency, the Lakers got Wesley Matthews. We re-signed Dwight. Uh, we got, Trez. we got Montrez Harrell. We got Dennis Schroeder. We might be getting Marcus Saul. Um, and the fact that Clay Thompson tore up his Achilles again means to me that it's going to be basically the Lakers in Denver and really the Lakers for the rest, for like the next three years, at least. I think competing for the West. I think title because uh, Golden State drafted a really good center, which they've never had. Wow, project to be a good center, which they uh, never had, right? And them trying to sign Kelly Ombre, Ubre, whatever. How Ubre, I mean? yeah. You said that brother's name. Um, I think they're going to be better than what people think, because Steph can win without Clay. Yes, can't win championships. That's true. Um, yeah, because we need to have them and they didn't win. Yeah. That, that, to <laughs> but, uh, me, this whole conversation is about championships. It ain't about okay. about winning. Cause I thought we were talking about, okay. We just talked about Charlotte, but okay, brother. <laughs> they ain't winning nothing, so. <laughs> I don't know about that. They're, They're in the East. The, They're in the East, bro. Anybody in the Their East. Their owner is Michael Jordan. Anybody in the East has a chance, nigga. No, they don't. Yes, they. Any given year, anybody in the East has a chance. How many years did we watch the Bulls, the Pacers, the Hawks, mm-hmm. the goddamn? You mean chance to make it to the finals, right? Not a chance to win the finals. Yes, a chance to make it to the finals. Okay. That's all that's necessary. Okay. I would just clarify. I want to make sure I understood you properly. Yeah, uh, that that's my beef with the East because what I can tell you right now. Literally right now, in the midst of all of these free agency signings, mm-hmm. it is going to be Brooklyn and the Heat for the next three years competing for the Eastern Conference Championship. Every uh, is don't forget about Milwaukee. Yeah, <laughs> I I really think the yeah, Heat no. just had a a lucky streak. To be honest, I with don't. You. I don't. I think that they have the culture. It's it the, might have the to culture be the, the, um, the next. Uh, yeah, that's what we did. At, uh, next, AKA wager, for next uh, this season. NBA championship. Mm-hmm. I think Who we should just do in the East, uh, Milwaukee or the Heat. The Heat in twenty twenty one are going to go further than Milwaukee. All right, we said it here. Yes, you heard it here first. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> barring any significant injuries. Like if Jimmy yeah, yeah, Butler and Giannis goes down, we got to cancel that back. Of course, of course. Yeah. Other free agency news, I think uh, uh, Dragic re-signed with the Heat. Mm-hmm. Avery Bradley went over to the Heat. Uh, what else we had? Let's talk about the interest of Chris Paul to Phoenix. Chris Paul to Phoenix. What's Chris Paul to Devin like? Booker. I don't think it's going to look like shit. Aiden. I don't think that's going to look like anything. If they were in the East, that would be very interesting. In Name West, one of those smart. three that can play defense. What do you need to play? That's not part of their offense. Exactly. But that's literally like that's not defense. part of their – they're trying to put up 130 points every night. But that's they did just fire um, Earl Watson. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to look like now. Chris Paul will play some defense, though. Chris Paul is but four foot older. nothing, and he's old as shit. Like Chris he's Paul limited, to, he's with, limited defensively. What a lot sure. of point guards will tell you about playing against Chris Paul, he's like like a fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. You try to move a fire hydrant, you can't. So like necessarily his height doesn't, um, it's not to his advantage, but like his stoutness and his um, craftiness makes him hard to play against as far as defense. I agree with that. <clears throat> he's like a uh, he's like a gnat. <laughs> right, like he's just annoying. He's like a Patrick Beverly yeah. type shit, right? Like he ain't the most talented motherfucker, but he's gonna try hard. He's gonna give you effort, and he's always going to be annoying to you, <laughs> like, like, like always. Uh, I guess we didn't even talk about that. Um, speaking of Pat Beverly, we didn't talk about the Clippers mm. and them losing Montrez and Doc Rivers and how that's gonna affect them. We didn't even talk about Philly. Okay. One team at a time. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the Clippers, that's going to be – I don't know how that's going to work. I, I kind of got to see what their coaching looks like because you can't never rule out Kawhi, in my opinion. Shit. Close your eyes. Clear your mind. <laughs> well, For real. Siri, no. Siri be knowing, bro. <laughs> Clear your mind. Because, <laughs> like, he just had one bad year. We can't, you know – it wasn't even After that, that man though. took his team to the finals twice, you know, I, I can't rule them out. Here's the thing about the Clippers. Mm-hmm. The Clippers suck. Do they? The Clippers have that Cubs curse. They have that Cubs stench about them. They're fucking losers. And what did the Cubs do the last five years? Uh, event, no, not a, they won once. They that's got, what I'm saying. Like, but no, see, and that's what I don't years. like. But that's what, see, that's what I don't like. Motherfuckers win once in a hundred years, and then Lakers fans sit up here and try to give them credit for that shit. Like nigga, a, I'm a, not a Cubs fan. I'm just. I know that. you're not, but what I'm saying is, fucking a dead clock is right twice a day. Like that little one, one in a hundred ass wins don't mean shit. Like that, mm. you cannot have a conversation with me as a Lakers fan, right? In terms of excellence and a and a and a tradition of excellence, as far as that's gonna get the fuck out of my face with that shit like you came up one year like get the fuck some who who, who then the then the rockets win the, the ship when jordan was gone yeah like get the come on <laughs> you know what i mean like that's kind of a oh uh uh get the fuck out of my I'm face with that's that a asterisk next to yeah that there's an asterisk there and i and i feel the same way about this shit now okay so if they win what are you gonna say nobody's hurt I mean, I'm going to completely change everything that I just said now. <laughs> but I just don't think that's going to okay, happen. Fair enough. At, yeah. least, at least you're willing to say that. Um, what about the 76ers? How do you think they're going to look? 
I think the 76ers are going to be consistent with what they've been looking like. I think they're going to be competing for the East title. But when you have the Nets, the Heat, and maybe even the Wizards, I don't know what they're going to look like. Yeah, especially since John Wall wants yeah, out of so John Wall is mad. He's trying to get up out of there. That's going to be an interesting situation. I really but want to see where he goes. I, I think Philly is just going to be second, third tier next to, I, th- I think, those three. Brooklyn, the Heat, and um, the niggas. Would they trade Ben Simmons to um, for John Wall? How do you think, do you think that would influence how you feel? I would do it. I would, too, because Ben Simmons can't shoot. <laughs> yeah, Bradley Bill. I gotta fucking pee. Hold on. All right. <laughs> Get that old man bladder. Baby bladder. What I do think is interesting uh, about the John Wall topic is, you know, John Wall fits in Brooklyn mm. with Kyrie and KD. No. Yes, he does. No. You know why? Because Kyrie could play the two. John Wall could play the one. <laughs> I don't know about that. One. I think I think me personally, I Kyrie think Kyrie has a two at yeah. six two. Yeah, I think that Kyrie has always. Two. Yeah, I think he's always wanted to be a two. Mm. I think he's always wanted that, and I think that his play speaks to that. <laughs> like he's mm. a he's a two guard. He's just small enough to 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 bring the ball up the court. But I really, really, especially in today's NBA, especially when you have somebody seven foot six. And KD, who could also bring the ball up the court, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that that kind of offsets all of that shit. So, I do think that you could start. Yeah, I do think that you could start John Wall, Kyrie, and KD at the same time. How would you get them enough shots? Let's see. KD needs about 15 shots a game. Mm-mm. You need more than that? Mm-hmm. I think about how. 20. Okay, we'll give him 20. Uh, especially thinking about his efficiency. Off the dribble. Off the dribble, yes. Mm-hmm. Kyrie is going to take people off the dribble. He needs he about 20, 25 shots? shots off the dribble, yeah. Okay, so we're at 40 shots. <laughs> John Wall usually is pretty efficient, <clears throat> actually. What, how does he get a lot of his points? Off the dribble. Driving to the rim. And free throws as well. He's, he's similar to James Harden in that sense. Yeah, the, but that's why I think it works. They though. both have to have the ball in order to score. <laughs> I think for so for this particular trio, I think mm-hmm. that that balance actually helps them specifically because any of them could bring the ball up the court. Mm-hmm. Any of them can make their own shots. They're all great passers. Right, so it's like literally you got a three-headed dragon of you don't know which one of these niggas is about to do what on this possession. And I, I, I find that valuable. I can see that only working in a like Mike D'Antoni style of offense. That's where I don't think good. it'll work because D'Antoni don't have – he see, to me, to make those niggas work, you need a, you need a Doc Rivers type coach. You need a coach coach. Mm-hmm. To get everybody to understand their role, Dan Tony is just like nigga. I don't care about y'all's roles. Just give me those points. You know what I'm saying? He mm-hmm. ain't. He ain't. He. I don't think he has it in him to understand like personality dynamics in the team. He understands the strategy and <laughs> to to get his team to do the best thing for his strategy. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's like a Doc Rivers or a Phil Jackson or somebody who understands the personalities of his team and gets them to work together. I think, uh, that, to me, that's just not his skill set. I don't know 
outside of John Wall. I don't know which one of those players is willing to sacrifice. I think KD is willing to sacrifice. Or yeah, I think KD is willing to sacrifice. Just because he's coming from an environment where all he had to do was sacrifice, even though he was the motherfucking man, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like and I think it's sacrificing argument, and still being the guy is sacrificing and not being the guy. I don't know if all three of them are willing to do that. I think or two uh, other three. That's a good point. I think that um, a certain version of Kyrie probably wasn't. I'm interested to see that the post. Uh, post Cavs, post Celtics, now in Brooklyn, introspective, mature, more mature Kyrie mm-hmm. is able to see that and, and understand that because he did apologize to LeBron, right? Like, uh, low key, I feel like he, okay. honestly, after that moment, I feel like he kind of wishes he never would have left Cleveland. Like, I feel like he yeah. had a year where he felt like he felt away and then had a year away from that. And was like, ah, oh, damn, mm-hmm. I was kind of tripping. Type thing. I think especially after he basically won that series for them. Yep. He felt that way. Um, I can see that working better than James Harden going to Brooklyn. Yeah. But uh, where James going though? I don't know. Philip. I don't, I don't. I feel like Russell Westbrook is gonna go somewhere before James Harden does. But would you take Russell? No, I'm on only the basing this off. <laughs> There's outside of Miami, there is no other place that has enough strip clubs for James Harden to go to. So he is going to stay in Blazers. No nigga wants to go deal with Portland strip clubs. I mean, they have the most. But do they have the best talent? I mean, Travis Scott made a song about him. But Travis Scott is from Houston. And he made a song about Portland strip clubs. That's what I'm saying. I, I hear you, but he's from Houston. We know where he goes to get his bread butter. Yeah. Pause. I don't know if that's a pause. Let's <laughs> just be safe. But yeah, I, <laughs> outside of Miami, I don't see James Harden wanting to leave. I think Russell Westbrook is more willing to go somewhere, and he wants his own team. But I, I would Where's be really Russell interested going, to see him go to D.C. I would see. I would be interested to see John Wall go to Houston and Russell go to D.C. And how him and Bradley Bill get down and um, – I think Russ is a great teammate. I think Russ is going to, you know what I'm saying? He's going to garner. He's not a winner, but he's a great teammate. Exactly, yeah. I think he's going to garner the respect of his teammates and the fan base wherever he goes. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he's just going to play hard, (laughs) right? He's just going to give 110% regardless, whether him giving 100%, 110% helps or hurts his team. That's what he's going to be giving, mm. and everybody just gonna have to deal with that. So that's why I think um, somebody where that is a compliment to actually serves him better. That's mm. why, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I could see him in LA. We just don't have the bread, but yeah. I could see that that kind of uh, that motor. Yeah, it'd be a three working. team if they just. I could see that motor working with like. You know, AD, who's a big man, he a little bit lethargic in my mind, right? Mm-hmm. Then you got LeBron, who's the floor general, ultimate basketball savant, right? And then you would have fucking Russell, who's the ultimate effort player. Like, these are all literally intangibles that mm-hmm. you could, like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You could kind of build around those intangibles. Fuck the, fuck the talent. 
<laughs> low key, honestly. Like the building around those intangibles, I can see that happening. I can see that. Oh, I kind of want to see Victor Oladipo go to the Lakers as well. Yeah, I, I feel like Victor's in the same position as Gordon Hayward. He yeah. finna he finna have one of them years of like, oh yeah, remember this nigga, right? Like he finna have one of those years where he break out. I feel so bad for him that he in Indiana, bro. Did you that see the, is so the news that was coming out? No. Where like if certain teams they would play, he'd be going up, he'd go up to the you know some of the people on the team and be like. Can I play for y'all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's hilarious. That's wild as fuck, man. I feel bad for Victor, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some tough luck, man, with the injuries. Definitely. Definitely. And he's one of those people that I feel like uh, a little bit like Clay, where it's like uh, almost the antithesis of a Sean Livingston, where that injury, mm-hmm. you know, Sean Livingston injury literally changed his career. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, Clay has done enough for that injury to still buy him some credit. He could still sign a couple max deals, even though he coming couple. up. Yeah, I think he's. I think he could still sign two max deals. Not hold on. I apologize. Not a max deal because mm-hmm. he can't yeah, sign a max like, deal. Yeah. <laughs> he can't like he's just, just hiding that position. Yeah. I mean, top tier kind of contracts is yeah. what I mean. Um, I would still love to see either him or Bradley Bill on the Lakers. Mm, I would like to have. It. I got to see that obviously after after probably LeBron leaves, but I want to see one of them. Destiny is going to be after this year, especially if they do really well. Well, like say Kelly Umbre takes that leap, and James Wiseman ends up being a really good prospect, and they don't need Clay. What do they do? I think they personally, personally, I think they need Clay. Regardless, of if they win a championship without him, would you still think that? Because they have Draymond as well. Yeah, I still think that. I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I still feel that way. I'm really excited about Umbre with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Like, I do feel like that's a perfect situation for him to either just be who the fuck he is and average or elevate. So I'm really excited to watch that. Mm-hmm. In that system, in that kind of environment, I'm really excited to watch Kelly Oubre. What year is he in? I think third. Okay. Two or three. One of them. I think he he came in. Was he in the draft class with Kyle Kuzma? That sounds about right. So, like, third year? You see that. Um, who did he see. come in with? What team? Phoenix? Was it Phoenix? You been with Phoenix all the time? Oh uh, no, he came in with okay C. No, 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 no. He came in. The oh, Hawks. this nigga been in the league for a minute, actually. Five years. Yeah, I might change my whole <laughs> opinion. He should have made the leap by now. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty four. He should have made the leap. Who drafted him? The Hawks. The Hawks. Then he got traded mm-hmm. to the Wizards. Then yeah, from the Wizards to Phoenix. Playing on the Wizards, yeah. The fact that he's been traded three times in his first that's five years, telling. that's wild. Yeah. So hopefully it's a personality issue and the fact that he's <laughs> with the Lakers and around LeBron and around Lakers. L.A. Um, <laughs> he's on the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's with the Warriors. So, but I, I mean... He's planning to be with the Warriors. He's still, I think... With it's the, still uh, a okay. See, as at the moment, but okay. So, let me rephrase that: being around the Warriors and that kind of 
environment and tradition yeah. hopefully might mean some better things. Yeah, it's right. going to be interesting. I'm glad the season starts next month. Oh, I'm so excited. That was something else I wanted to talk about, man. I have not watched a, 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 a sports center segment, a first take. I I barely am watching football. I understand your fantasy team is terrible. That yeah, it's sense. it's I'm barely <laughs> so I don't know what happened after the NBA season. Yeah, but I have not given a fuck about sports since then, and that's really wild for me. That is really real. I'm so so. I uh, agree with your sentiments about the NBA starting back up because I can't wait. Like, I just need something to watch. God, I damn. feel like the bubble sets such a high standard for entertainment as far as sports. Mm. Everything else has been kind of boring, especially with no fans. Yeah, it's hard. I, other sports haven't adapted and made it in a way that makes it exciting to watch as it was in the bubble for basketball. Even though it had lower views as far as um, basketball ratings, but. What about football, though? What's going on with football? Because that shit don't make no sense to me. The fact that NFL ratings are down and don't nobody got shit to do on a Sunday but watch football, that's kind of weird to me. Why I do you think like that maybe is? as it gets colder, people uh, um, hunker down and watch more football. Hmm. I feel like since we, it seems like we had a little bit of a break as far as like restrictions and lockdowns, um, and people have probably been trying to enjoy those last few warm days and days before shit gets shut back down again. And also, I don't know. I don't know. I've never really been too much of a football fan myself outside of fantasy. Yeah, I'm almost the exact opposite. Football on Sundays has been so ritualistic in my life. Mm. Like, I just know at 9 I'm turning it on football Sunday NFL countdown on ESPN. 9 a.m.? Yes, because I have to clean up the crib. Because mm. <laughs> my mama was not letting us watch no motherfucking TV if our shit wasn't done, mm. so I'm I'm have that playing on the uh, in the background. So like, I'm hearing motherfucking Chris Berman and Tom Jackson and all of these niggas break down the games for the for the week mm. at nine o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, and then at eleven, like at like ten thirty eleven, we all eating together, Listen. and at noon the game <laughs> starts. So I'm watching the games all day. What I do is I wake up at eleven thirty, set my lineups. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I'm I'm saying for my childhood, that's yeah. kind of been the ritual of football. Now it's kind of like I don't care. I just don't care. Mm. Like I just I don't care who's playing. I don't care who wins. Like you know what I mean. I just don't care. I'm always down to watch athletic competition, but it's just like I'm just not invested in these teams or these players anymore the way that I used to. Yeah, and that. That fucks me up a little bit. Like, I, I, this is the type of shit that contributes to me feeling like I'm getting old. Mm. Right? Like, it's like, damn, half of the league is younger than me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's, I'm damn near the same age yes. as, as some of these coaches. Like, it's, it's just a different time, bro. <laughs> it was, it's just a different time. I used to be the motherfucker getting drafted at the same time as them. Right or, mm-hmm. or or watching people get drafted that was four or five years older than me that just seemed mm-hmm. like OGs. Now mm-hmm. I'm older than the niggas getting drafted. That's being Way ranked. Older. Yeah, I'm I'm literally a decade older mm-hmm. than a lot of the niggas in the ESPN top hundred. That is wild to me. <laughs> That's that shit is starting to like kind of freak me out a little bit, mm-hmm. low key. It's it's just weird. Wait till you turn thirty. Yeah, it's the next couple months. 
Damn, your birthday came back fast as fuck. Fast as motherfucker. It seemed like my birthday was, I just had my birthday, and that shit seemed like it was forever ago, but it seemed like your birthday happened last week. Rapid fire. Yeah. Rapid fire. <laughs> That's funny. This is what I'll say. I will say, uh, if I win my fantasy football matchup this week, mm-hmm. then I will pay for my groomsmen's deposits for y'all's fittings. Who are you playing? Uh, Who am I playing? Oh, I thought you like knew you were gonna have a guaranteed win. That's why you're making these bold statements. Nope. <laughs> this mother nope. drunk. Man. I don't know where you got that from. Who am I playing? Dollar bills. Uh, you playing one against the best teams in the league? But I'm projected to win. Okay. So. Remember you said that you got that on recording. Yep. I'm gonna send that in the group chat. If I win, <laughs> yeah, do that. If I win, I got y'all's deposits. If I don't, sorry. All right. <laughs> $20. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. All right. Songs of the week? Yes, sir. You want to go first or you want me to go? Absolutely. I absolutely want to go first. Um, I'm going to, I think we agreed to play two songs, right? Yes. I think we're both going R&B and rap, right? Yes. So my first song is going to be an R&B song with the gentleman I mentioned on the podcast before. And he goes by the name of uh, McClenny. Um, He's really dope. I I was um, kind of researching him earlier in the week, and I just realized that for the last Wale EP, he was either produced a song or did an instrument on um, each one of the songs. So uh, I didn't realize he was, like, that deep into the production game. But uh, I think he's a really dope singer. And um, this song is called Give Me Some Time, written and produced by him. Oh, yeah. It's been crazy. 
back to ya Better than the last But I got only one ass Give me time To open up, open up Give me time To open up, open up, yeah Something smooth and you know what I'm saying? You want to hit him with an R&B track? What you got for me? You got something on that same level of smoothness? Yeah, man. I got something off of the uh, the new St. John album. Uh, okay. St. John featuring Black and Kalani. This one is called ah, okay. Ransom. Good one. Holidays in California quite strange The high change with the sight saying I'm just adjusting to the price change The truth is I'm just in a better price range The Saint Laurent's in a dice game That's just fly talk, that's just sky slang I'm just ballin', I'm ballin', I'm really ballin' Strip club like I'm tryna win a high man The applause first and the spike came Tryna kill my pain in the sprite came The top off in a strange way I'm tryna fight fame I still share my location with you Feels like I'm on probation with you Too hot to have a rotation with you I love you on occasion but you Fuck it I way too much Fuck it I way too much You like to fight too much You like to play too rough I like when your shots skirt in your heels And you're not in your feels I cover the bills Oh, what a thrill, what a thrill If you call and I don't reply And you text and I just don't answer It don't mean that I change my mind It just means that I don't pay ransom I walk out and you don't say bye And I don't wanna speak out of anger I won't be here for ransom I'm too handsome what you say on our way, time to pray, have faith From the temple, extraordinary brain, gotta say, hey, You look so excited, I could tell by your face But to me, it's just an ordinary day You want me to take a vacation with you You just better hope I stay patient with you We gon' need some de-escalation, can you talk to me nice? I got you a gift, but you fuck it up way too much The situation way too us, want peace, light, do up Why your dukes up? Not tryna draw my pain in no fucking two cup Lost too many niggas, I ain't tryna Gotta share my location with you Feels like I'm on probation with you So hard to have a rotation with you I love you on occasion, but you Fuck it up way too much Fuck it up way too much You like to fight too much You like to play too much I like when your shots skirt in your hips 
not in your feelings I come with a bill Oh, what a bill What a thrill I'm calling, I don't reply And you text and I just don't answer It don't mean that I change my mind It just means that I don't pay ransom You walk out and you don't say bye And I don't wanna speak out of anger I won't be in hell for ransom Too handsome Yeah, man, that's St. John off his new album, While the World Was Burning, uh, featuring uh, Black and Kailani. That is Ransom. Dope album. Check it out. Check it out. Part two. All right. My next my next song, we're going to step it up a little bit more. Maybe we should just do an R&B and rap song every week. I think we should. Yeah, because we, we fuck with both genres. Um, my next song is uh, it's more up-tempo. It's a rap song that I just heard for the first time. <laughs> Maybe 30 minutes ago. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's Hit Boy, Big Shine, and 504, and it's called Salute. I'm assuming it's produced by Hit Boy because it's a hard beat, and he's just been killing the whole year. Salute when you see me. That jealousy shit is an ocean, and you either float or you sink. Moment of truth, credit check, nigga, you not approved. BB King, I'm in love with the blues. Don't start me up, I got finishing moves. Look, uh, salute when you see me. Slid through all the commotion, it's breaking news, they got an ad on TV. Popping out on them, I'm politicking, probably in a section where you not permitted. Nigga, my honey's matching my Dodger fitted, playing all go, ain't no stopping it. Look, yeah. salute when you see me, I bought her a CC and that was her first Disgusting with bitches, a do for a purse Disgusting with niggas, a do for the clout I'm one of the realest, the real ones can vouch They thought I was done, but all that shit out You gotta play my new shit, it's a yeah. Salute when you see me Put in the car to the plug, my runner gets you speedy Still thugging like the days when they weren't here in my CD Made it out of the trenches, my nigga, salute when you see me yeah, salute when you see me I'm getting greedy, I blow the whole budget on me, that's on me, I'm conceited Treaty, nah, that ain't how we treat it This right here sound like a three-peat I put the tip in, it sound like I'm needy, but I'm like, oh, bitch, you too needy Me and HB going Juvie and BG, they gotta put my face on the box of Wheaties I'm praying for whoever think they competing, salute when you see me That's all he ever saw, that's how you greet me I'm going TM 101 GZ, and plus they got D2 on repeat I'm with the love of my life for like three weeks cause that's all I needed uh, She wanna go on a trip and retreat but I'm sorry I never retreated uh, I set the bar so high that you might as well leave it I'm going undefeated, I broke in the system and shit had to breach it That's mission impossible, mission completed, huh? Salute when you see me on dinner I got the heart of a god and a genie I want you to love me, I want you to need me When I shoot at his face, it's a feed I gotta get back to the hood I remember when I was the needy Clean me up, squeaky She fell in love, deeply Percocet, sleepy They like what I say, they repeat me All this money I be spending on VVs That's why you gotta salute when you see me That was Salute Me, Hit Boy Fabio Ford and Big Shine. Definitely going to add that to the workout playlist. Yeah, that shit was a banker. I am not going to lie. What you got for us, man? You got something? Yeah, I have a little something. Some, um, Country rap tunes? 
Nah, not necessarily. Well, I mean, yeah, actually, country rap because Jeezy from the South. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a song called Modern Day off the Recession 2. Mm, okay. Good album, too. Good album. Yeah, man, that's Modern Day from, uh, and some other songs, but Modern Day from, uh, from, from your, uh, Jeezy off the recession too. That's a good album. Definitely fuck with it. I'm fucking with Just it. I'm almost it done with it. It's pretty good. Yeah, no, this was, this was fantastic. Uh, we could go ahead and wrap this up, even though I, this could be one of those goddamn Joe Budden type three and a half, four You're hour trying episodes. to make it one, brother. <laughs> don't you want to go home? No. I don't. <laughs> I want to pod forever. I want to pod forever. Goddamn. But yeah, man, this is it. This is it. You already know what it is. It's the self-medicated podcast. It is your host, The Wayfair, a.k.a. Quentin Quarantino, a.k.a. The Banter Boss, a.k.a. Jon Snow, because I know absolutely nothing. You know nothing, Jon Snow. And these are facts. This touch 
AKA the captain of the igloo. No, stop saying my goddamn government name. <laughs> Young, popular, and friendly. AKA the box hunter. <laughs> AKA the bottom feeder. AKA uh, the black Kevin Sorbo. AKA Young Hercules. AKA Young Black Hercules. There we go. You know what I'm saying? It's the self medicated podcast, and we out.